is, ladies and gents. What up? A little late, but here we go. Let's talk about this business life cycle. You guys got a business? Do you know how it functions? Where you want to go? How are you going to get there? Let's find out. That's what today's show is all about. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Is your business in need of customers? Then you found the right show. Hernan Cias is the business bro, and he makes getting customers fun and easy. Watch, listen, and learn as each episode is designed to sell. Welcome to another episode of Business Bros. All right, ladies and gents, who do I got on the show today? Oh, man, we got a good one. Here we go. Uh, By the way, before we get started, just a reminder. Uh, be sure to like, share, and subscribe because every time you do, you help an entrepreneur find a customer and a customer find a solution to their problem. All right, ladies and gents, here we go. Many entrepreneurs get started in business at an early age. Today's guest started as a DJ at the young age of 14. Then, as an adult, he grew his next company to 120 employees with 25 million in annual revenue. And major clients like Coca-Cola, PepsiCo, Pfizer, Martin Anderson, and more. Now he's taking what he learned from 25 years of experience and is helping small and medium businesses break through with training, accountability, and support. So let's welcome to the show from AMH Consultancy and Biz Breakthrough, Caesar Hasselman. What up, Caesar? Welcome to the show, my friend. Hello, Hernan. Thank you for having me, and thank you for the patience. I'm sorry about my little leg. Oh, thank damn, you. man. You're totally good, totally good. That's the thing about uh, entrepreneurship, life in general. Stuff happens, and we got to kind of figure out and modify and adapt and continue moving forward. So I'm going to start with my first question because you got one great resume uh, is part of what I read in the intro. But why are you hopping on podcasts? What is it that you're looking to get out of it? Why are you uh, doing this? Because I want to know. <laughs> cool. So, um, mate, uh, I always work behind the scenes. I help people to grow. I help their business to get awards and everything else. And I just realized that now in my phase of life, I would like to put myself uh, out there as the reference for those success and take a little bit of ownership to be able to share with more people as today media, you need to show that you're good at and be honest and real. I start to say, you know what, to promote myself properly and get real people who can um, take advantage from what I, what I do and what I know, I need to expose myself a little bit more, not me, the man behind the scenes anymore. You are not the Wizard of Oz anymore, my friend. You have come from outside of the curtain. Um, well, tell me about the, the experience you've had. I mean, you, you obviously started uh, very young, and then you had a long career. What did you actually do in that business? Tell me a little bit about your background and what you do for 25 years. Okay. So, yeah, um, I started as a DJ um, just, just by what was life. A friend of mine. Uh, his sister was having a birthday and DJ didn't show up. So I used to, to have a little mixer. I used to love to, to do my little thing with my music. And we went to my parents' house. We steal from them all the equipment from the living area, put my mixer on and full of energy, young kid. We start to play the music and start to dance with the kids. They're younger than us. We believe that we are very adult. So 
Um, at the end of the party, we have, uh, I believe it was five parents asking us to do their kids' party after that. And from there, uh, we were on the road as a DJ for three years, doing a lot of things. We grew. My friend's mom, which was my business partner, actually helped us, giving us more structure, helping us to buy stuff, taking us to, to the next level, looking after the DJs that we are contracting, all, all the business side of it, she was looking after us until, unfortunately, he died. And I moved on and I gave to her the, 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 the business as a present because she, her son was everything for her. But then mm -hmm. after that, I did a bunch of things, mate. Um, I went to, to media. I was a um, model, um, doing TV commercials uh, for a while, and then theaters. Um, and then from that, I start to work uh, with uh, Coca-Cola. And then from Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola is breaking down in two different areas. So you have the people who look after to for the product and you have the CCIL which on the syrup, right? Mm. So, and then I, I was engaged with a CCIL project and from the head office, international head office. And that was very successful. I gained a lot of uh, results in promotion under the, the company. And I moved to the biggest competitor, which was PepsiCo Group. Um, and then from there, I was not much happy with things. And I just got it my, I started to do a, a selling products for a supermarket and gas station. And, and I started to have my own distribution center. This became national. My brother was still working for Coca-Cola. I brought him to work with me as a business partner. We grew that business to a national uh, level until we have a big crisis in my country. We have the president in the 1990s uh, taking all the savings from everyone with excuse to pay the international debt. Uh, and this broke the whole industry. Mm. Um, and then I was 17 years old, making good money, or going to university, looking to the teacher's face. He said, "Mate, why are you teaching me? I make more money than you. I was a bit cocky. And, and then I need to restart life from 17 and learn to deal with banks and do all, all the crap thing of uh, understanding how you can manage people, business. So in that, in that phase, I start to work for a marketing company. And then that marketing company was a big marketing company. We do big projects for the government. We do big projects for the big brands who spend a lot of money in marketing. And they have a small business, which was a technology one that I love. It was very, was smaller for them, but was a big business. It was was turning around 15, 18 million dollars. But for that was one big account for the, the marketing company, right? So, mm -hmm. and then I got sick to be the key uh, um person for the key clients for for the, the big business and i start to do my technology uh business which was the company that i started with three people and in 18 months we have almost 25 in less than two years we were in above 75 um people i have engaged a group who has a bunch of companies, a bank behind, and I told them that I'm going to serve them in, in, and they came as a business partner to be able to grow quicker. And I start to grow and I start to do the same business model for everyone. So in that stage, the, the marketing companies has a big problem because they know how to do well marketing for offline things, but mm -hmm. they, they was not aware how to do it uh, online, well done strategic plan to win the big pile of the budget for uh, internet and uh, internal development. 
right? So internal clients. So I fit myself in that place with my company and I start to work on behalf of big brands like Ogby, like McAnerickson. So I used to, I used to have a good relationship. So even Ogby having Ogby One, which was the technology side of it, uh, to be specific with strategic plan for, for South America clients was a little bit hard to find specialists like me, like my company, because we were doing this for a while. And we, we specialize in everything after SAP system. So subsystems, which is very engineering oriented communication level. So, and you used to do easy feel in touch communication. So we translate that. So we, we were able to get the offline marketing campaigns and transform that in an online successful marketing campaign with all the arms that you need to have. So not just your B2B, B2C, but also your internal clients, your communication. And then we start to create those university online for the clients and all those things. So the company grows from that direction. Um, until the day that the crisis was arriving, um, I could see that we need to shrink the company because I have a, a, a group behind me, a bank behind me, and I could not shrink for the place that I wanted. So I was trying to take all the big clients that we have to be able to keep the same net profit in our pocket, but get out the risk of having 120 employees in our company while mm -hmm. they don't know how the crisis is going to arrive. And then after that, making the same amount of money with the clients that we're comfortable to deal with, um, um, we can try to grow again. So we are the second biggest one in South America. Uh, and then uh, what's happened is um, the bank did a law, is a lot of political game that you have behind those when you get in that size. And the board meetings that we have was kind of a family members blaming family members was not about my business. And uh, I choose to take one year off uh, and come to Australia because that was the country that has less international trades, will be, will be affected less for the prices. And I was needing a, uh, to have some break after seven years of big uh, uh, work, working 60, 70 hours a week. Um, we have four offices in different states, uh, in, uh, uh, in, in different places. And uh, uh, my son was six months old and I just spent one week and a half with him. And I say, no, now it's, now it's not, it's not about money anymore. It's about uh, life balance and how can I achieve that? And that's, that's when I start, what well, now I come to Australia to take one year sabbatic year and I never look back. So I was reading on your website, speaking of life balance, because <clears throat> I'm one of those that doesn't really believe in balance. I feel it's an acceptance of what you are willing to give one and willing to give the other. And you're you're comfortable with that. But I don't think there's ever really balance. I, I, I was talking about this yesterday. I was like, I can't do two things at once. My mind, you know, our human mind doesn't let us do two things at once. We can only really do and focus on one. And by doing so, you're sacrificing the other. Right. And so, but you said it's kind of a fib. So tell me about finding work-life balance. What does that mean for you? Yeah. So uh, I use differently. Um, the way that I understand that Hernan, is, is not work-life balance for me. For, to, from the start is life-work balance. I believe people who was writing from work-life uh, balance since the beginning, the start of that marketing campaign about that. Uh, it's fake. They, they, for me, they were not honest with themselves because mm -hmm. not, you cannot start to talk about balance if you start from work. And I agree with you. You cannot find balance if your point of view coming from work and pay the bills going to be the start point. Yes. And 
and I, I cannot see balance on that too. But and and that's the reason why everything that I do is 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 life work balance because you need to exist before you work, and you mm. need to understand where you're coming from before you start spend time doing things. You know, so and then you can find your balance. And balance is not a thing that you can you can you can really see. It's something that you can feel because you yeah. have you have um, uh, beliefs and, and you have a way to understand life and your relationship like anybody else. Everyone is different. So the way that life uh, for me, you can find life work balance is not about what you have and what you do. Is about how you feel about what you do and how these connect with what you have. So uh, life is, is is connecting in four major steps, and that's what I talk in my book. Uh, my book, my book called "The Life Breakthrough," right? And I have to send you some uh, examples, and you can give it away if you want to. But the main part of the book, uh, uh, the book is based in four uh, phases in life that we don't pay attention properly. Uh, we have uh, stagnation level, which is the place that we're learning things or is the place that we're not happy with, right? Stagnation is not negative. Stagnation is just uh, a state of being, right? So if you're happy where you're at, if everything works around you, uh, you stagnate because you're comfortable. You don't want to move. Mm. But at the same time, stagnation could be negative because you don't know how to do anything different. You'd like to do something you feel like, but you don't know how, right? So... From that situation, you start to do a circulation. You start to search things. You start to try to get to know better. You try to improve yourself. So you start to circulate. And then once you gather a lot of information, you integrate them and you start to learn how to use it, how to connect the dots. And then you start growth, right? Mm. Some of those integrations, by the way, it's trial and error, right? Like you are trying some things, you figure out what works, what doesn't work. Uh, you pick at the ones that do work and you kind of try it again and you test it again. You were talking earlier about having that that marketing background. I feel like I'll, oftentimes when you're creating ads, it's a lot of test and trial and error. Uh, and that stagnant feeling, sometimes we refer to it as burnout, right? Because we've been doing things over and over and over again. And maybe you feel in that spot in your life where you're, where you're where you're just stuck, where you're making a decision. Do I want to continue to work this hard at this thing or do I choose another path? And I think that's where you were at in your life when you were saying like, my kid is six months old. I'm like really working hard. And it's not like you weren't achieving success. You just decided that that wasn't the feeling of balance that you needed in your life. Am I, am I hearing you right? Yeah, you're hearing completely right. My, my relationship was broken because we didn't have time for each other's. Um, she was busy in her work too. And we have a kid that actually was referenced for both of us, but uh, we could not find the balance to be able to give the best of our sides because our life was too busy. Um, so in some stage, you're going to break the point. But the success um, that I had on that period of time, was I was not feeling success at all because behind the scenes, I have to fight with a um, president in a bank that I was aware that he was stealing from the group. And I, I, it's a lot of darkness that has behind. Because I have a technology company and we are doing everything up on SAP system and we integrate the communication. So we sometimes see a lot of things that we don't want to see. And we, sometimes we know things that we don't want to know. So, mm. And then when you arrive in that level and you are behind a political game, you are the person that everyone is scared about. 
Makes yeah, sense? yeah, it's it's true. You are. Yeah, okay. So you don't want to be that villain for sure, right? But at the same time, there's there's sometimes things that you have to do in your business that aren't the funnest at all times. And it's, it's, to me, this is one of those things. You know, we're talking a lot of mindset here for for understanding how you got to move through in your business, but. The, that idea of burnout, the idea of um, like imposter syndrome, the idea of work-life balance or life-work balance, I think all of those are feelings and less visibility. And I feel that the, 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 the way you're describing the villain is also a feeling, not really a perspective. So help me kind of clarify this. When we're talking about this growth in a business, how much of it is things that I can tactically do and how much of it do you think is I need to shift on the way I see things? Oh, yeah, that's a very, uh, that's a great question. Um, uh, what's happening is sometimes you're so addicted to do your basic stuff and you're not thinking anymore that the, the basic stuff is working. And then sometimes those barriers or things that's happening around you is too noisy for you to be able to keep understanding that you need to improve yourself every day and, and understand how you can make a better decision without have that emotional things around you. Mm. And that's where we arrive at the burnout place because it's too crowded. It's too busy, you know? And then if you don't say, Hey, let's take this away and pay attention to what's matter, you get lost. And yes. that's the way I found my tune to say, you know what? I'm too too crowded. It's too many things here. I, I don't wanna I don't wanna be like that anymore. My focus with the company will, will was always be number one and will, will always be growth. But once a crisis was arriving, the political game was higher than the focal for the company. So it's nothing that you really can do on that environment if you have too many people around you that would like to push you down. You need to understand and face it and do your own thing. Or you need to give up. I don't like to give up. So what I do is I do my own thing. So I, I just change what I believe that I could. And then I let it go what I know that I, I couldn't. So do you think it's, uh you know, for me, setting goals is great, right? But setting practical, actionable items that I can do, to me, that's better. Because oftentimes I have this vision or this goal that I want to go to. Let's talk about, you know, startup entrepreneurs, right? When you're a startup and you decide or you come across a product or service and you're going to get going, your mind sees a vision of this future. And to you, it's clear as day, right? To you, it's like, you know, I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm going to have this beautiful house. I'm going to drive this great car. I'm going to find this great girl, have this great family, all these things that pop in our head. But as you move through, that vision gets really cloudy because reality sets in. And those those great, um, those goals are more like a North Star where they give you a direction. But to plan things, for a startup to be successful, they have to take action steps. And these are little things that you have to do on a regular basis that you're going to fail at, that you're going to get tired of doing, that you're not always going to be motivated to do. And hopefully that vision of your future is clear enough to allow you to continue to move forward. You're helping young startup entrepreneurs take that vision or take that next step and grow their business. And when you described it, it sounded very like a spider web, so many different places. And I, I feel like a startup can barely see two steps ahead of them before they see the organized organizational chart of a, of a company. What, is, what are some of the things that you, you start to talk to startup entrepreneurs What's their vision of what they want versus what you help them walk through? 
Yeah, it's, that's a very good question too, mate. Um, I believe what, 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 we, what we do is we give them, uh, we clarify the journey. Right? We try to make the journey easy, A, B, C points from the start. And we break, we cut the, the cow in, in pieces, right, to be able to eat. So what we do is we, we, we just see the big picture, what moves them, where the passions come from, because that's a very important thing. Today, we have a lot of coaching, consulting, mentoring out there that they have a box works for them and they try to sell for millions of people, right? But they don't mm -hmm. have the experience in life. They just have a box. And what they do is they don't pay attention on the client because they think about their pocket. So and then you say, no, 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 don't, don't listen to yourself. Just put yourself in this box. That's wrong because that takes the passion away. And suddenly mm. guys spend millions with people like that. And then six months later, two years later, they lose the passion for their own business. Right. So and sometimes they're not even achieving one tenth of the promise thing. So yes. what we need to understand on that whole journey from a startup or, or a, a business that's established, 30 years old, changing hands, whatever. Whatever is the, the stage of life of the business itself and your age, doesn't matter. What's matter is if you understand what moves you, if you understand how you like your life to be and what's in between what you do as a business and your lifestyle, then it usually is you and your culture. But if you understand those two things, doesn't matter what, putting down a strategic plan will take you there. There, of course, you have tools that work for, for some people. You have process that works better than others. You have technology that works, CIMs, all those things. But if you choose the wrong, the wrong tool or the tool that you need to adapt yourself too much towards to the tool, getting away from who you are and what you like to do, you will collapse. And yeah. that's one of the things that I make sure that startups, they understand before they start it because then they're going to have a much longer journey because the tough moments gonna arrive and the only thing gonna hold is your passion and your culture yeah at the end of the day at the end of the day you're you're trying to help them live their life by design right That's live your life by design i write that in my journal almost every single day and it's different than being told what to do and to parallel it with with people who have jobs you go to your nine to five every single day and if you hate mondays and you look forward to fridays then it's to me, that means you're not in line with what you want to do. That obligation going forward, you don't wake up wanting to do this thing. And it's because it's not you living your life by design, you're living your life to work. And that's, a, and that's completely different. Uh, and I love that perspective that you're putting that you're putting forth. You got three posters behind you, values, and I think it was the, some of the other ones. And I see this, uh, I saw it on your website, on your books. Tell me a little bit about why those things are so important to you and how they're helping your business. Oh, no, thank you for that, mate. Um, uh, thank you for the, curious, the curiosity of get to know a bit more of me. Um, is I discovered that I have done big business before, more than three different ones in completely different industries and from my passion, from my values and what I believe, right? And I moved mountains to make that happen um, because I always, always have done things with a very short startup uh, investment, right? So um, I discovered in my life that the, the way that I make the most money and I start to have peace with mine and be happy with it, was when I start to listen to my gut, seeing what makes me happy from inside. And that's the red poster there, you know? My life's purpose. Yeah, so it's I enable people to fulfill their dreams. 
And that's what I do. That's my deliveries. And the reason why we have this book here is because my clients, wives and, and husbands and, and kids, they ask me from their own experience to share with more people how they, they can share with more people what happens to them. So with, with coming from a place that they, they, they were with a startup business or they taking over family business and they don't have many things coming to have seven, 10 investment properties, um, good cash in the bank, very, very uh, um, stable life, creating families from that and, and design and, and living the life that they can design whatever they wanted. So that's the reason why I start to write, write this book, you know, and what I can tell you is, um, if you find the tune in what fulfill you yourself and you find a way to make money from that, then you're going to be in the right journey that whatever you do going to be right. You know, turn your passion into work. <laughs> that's right. Because until that, all the big business that I have created, they didn't give me fulfillment. They hmm. gave me shorter money that I don't care. You know, they gave me cockiness. Because I'm feeling that I can, but they never gave me fulfillment. You know, it's funny. I heard this. I heard the saying the other day, and I don't know who said it. Uh, I love to quote people when they say it. I just don't always remember who. But they said, "You're not really successful until you help somebody else succeed." Right? Like everybody who has a moderate level of success gets braggadocious and starts talking about all their great accomplishments. But they're not really, they're, they're hiding behind that achievement of money. They're not ultimately happy. And I feel like once you've helped other people achieve their dreams and you realize that you've helped them achieve their, their relationship goals or their financial goals or their health goals, all of a sudden you feel this extreme level of joy that you, I don't think you've ever felt before. And that is where the business addiction comes in. That I think is, you know, for me, it's it, when, when I'm teaching in the classroom and the kids, I explain something and you see the light bulb go off in their head and they're like, oh, that is the moment that we live for, I think. And especially, it doesn't matter whether it's education or in, you know, having clients that you're helping out, right? Yeah. No, that's it. And then, and the most challengeable uh, thing that we do is, is uh, we need to be responsible for what we do because I do consulting, coaching, mentoring, and then, and I, 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 I get people to go through the life, but I use their wishes, their, their, their way to do things. So when we do this and help people, we need to make sure we're not changing them for our own way because that's mm -hmm. that what I used to do at the start because that was the way that I learned. And then when you start to do this that often and you start to see that People have to walk by themselves. You're not supposed to create a consulting or coaching that people get afraid of not having you. It's the opposite. The whole process that I have created in my business is simple. People with me because I can add value and I'm with them because I'm excited about giving them value. And if that finish and you arrive in a place that they have me because they would like to be nice because I help them to grow that much, I am the one that has to leave because I get bored. Mm. So it sounds like to me, you're getting your clients to hire you so that they can fire you at some point in the future. That's the goal. You want them to let you go. Otherwise, you're going to walk away at some point because you've helped them. You've, you've plateaued where they needed to go. And now it's time to move on. That's, uh, that's the stagnation thing. So my clients, they need to be hungry for growth. If they're not hungry for growth, I get just completely flat. If, if I cannot see that I am at value, I'm sorry about the word, but I feel like a prostitute. It's a lot of people out there, they charge for nothing. You know, a lot of consulting charge hourly rate. I don't do those things. 
What I do is simple. I have a consulting thing because I don't believe coaching before I get to know a business deeply. And mm -hmm. then once I do consulting, we have a period of time that we're working together. Then we can get to know us, each other better to understand that if we can deal with us for a long journey. So the consulting is a short journey relationship when I expose myself to just open up the Pandera box of all the problems that they have in business in life to connect the dots and give them the balance that you don't believe. <laughs> so <laughs> after, after that, we say, you know what? That was good. The report is good. I want to implement and I want your help. Then we talk about long term because I can see I can help. They can see that I, they open for me to help because if they're not open, they, they just spend money. Yeah, it reminds me of a, of a gap selling, right? You got to figure out where the gap is in their life. Where are they today? Where do they want to be? And if you have a plan to fill the gap with something to get them from point A to point B, then we can talk about taking those steps. But until you know where you are and where you want to go, there's no reason for us to be having a conversation. No money needs to be exchanged. We don't even know each other. It's like dating. You don't go straight to the bedroom. Uh, I guess maybe nowadays in technology you do but for the most part if you want a really long lasting relationship that's not how it's gonna work you don't go straight to the bedroom you got to do some dating you got to do some courting you got to do some of that stuff uh to make sure that the relationship lasts and i it, it works the same way for business caesar before we head out because we're running out of time see how time flies how can people get a hold of you if they want to work with you oh they can go i'm changing everything mate because the because of that start point uh, my passion was not in the way that i was delivering my business anymore so i'm changing everything if people don't don't have any issues they can come for caesarhasselman.com that website is fresh it's just a demo that i have put it online to have a kind of uh, reconfiguration later on um so don't take that as not as professional as it should <laughs> at this stage but you can go there you find myself and if you'd like to find the book May, they can go through you. They can send in text. I will be happy to send to you uh, free samples of my, my book for you to share with people. Um, and I would love to receive feedback in how much people can take back from the book itself. Absolutely. Ladies and gents, that's really what it comes down uh, down to. CaesarHasselman.com. CaesarHasselman.com. Go ahead and check it out. Look, I like how you describe work-life balance. I don't believe work-life balance exists, but I do believe that you can live your life by design. And once you accept the design that you've created, that's all the balance you really need in your life. And Caesar's helping people get there, helping understand where you are, where you want to be, and then creating a path, a sustainable, practical, actionable path to get you from point A to point B. So make sure you guys check it out, CaesarHasselman.com, or you can find them on social at CaesarHasselman. Caesar, thank you very much for coming on the show. Even if it was a few minutes late, life happens. You still made it. So thank you very much. Appreciate you. Uh, ladies and gents, we'll see you again manana. Peace. <laughs> and we're out. Thanks for watching the Business Bros. If you're ready to get more clients and want to work with the Business Bro, visit our website, www.businessbros.biz, and click on the Need More Customers button, or learn how to generate more referrals with our video testimonial packages. Go to www.businessbros.biz and start 